Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report. I am your host, Arthur Mosley, and I'm happy to be bringing you episode three of the Turd Ferguson Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just finished with our first week of regular season action in Georgia, and boy, uh, do we see some things that um, that that shocked us, excited us. Uh, really good football all over the state of this great state of Georgia, excuse me. Uh, so on today's show, we want to get into that. We'll break down uh, some of the things that uh, that we learned here on the Turd Ferguson Report from classification. Uh, we'll run over our new updated uh, top 10 in each classification around the state. And also we have special guests for our Cherokee County segment, uh, the Cedarwood Tavern pre- and post-game show. Absolutely glad to have Mick and Vern join us. Um, so without further ado, want to get, want to jump into some of the things that I learned here this week and week one, uh, starting in one, a private landmark Christian, a team that we had highly ranked coming in at number six in class one, a private getting absolutely handled by best Academy out of Atlanta, 53 to seven certainly was not expecting that. And two, a, uh, Benedictine, uh, no, excuse me, let me jump back. No surprise, no real surprises in Class 1A public. In Class 2A, a little bit shocked uh, by Benedictine. We did have them ranked number three in our poll coming into the regular season, uh, but Benedictine certainly handling business against Glenn Academy in, in Class 2A. In Class 3A, a couple of things that we did not know that uh, maybe we should have known. Calhoun really holding off a stingy Douglas team out of Atlanta, uh, a Class 2A team. So Douglas not in our top uh, 10 in Class 2A, but certainly uh, hanging with Calhoun. The final on that one, 17-14. Cook County getting blanked uh, by num- by Class 2A Brooks County. Uh, we were high on Cook County, had them coming in at number 10 in Class 3A. Cook County not able to get it done against Brooks and may uh, may have some folks wondering what's what's going on down there in Adele. Moving on in Class 3A, another something that we learned that Cedar Grove is not ready to relinquish maybe, uh, if not the top, one of the top two teams in DeKalb County, uh, Cedar Grove all over Stevenson uh, this weekend. And the Saints uh, looking to battle. Well, I know they're not on the schedule. The Saints uh, looking for some respect as not only the top team in, in DeKalb County. Uh, look out, Tucker Tigers, uh, Cedar Cedar Grove all over Stevenson. In Class 4A, Thomasville rocks Cairo uh, 37-8. to We were expecting uh, that, that game to be a little bit closer but the syrup makers not able to hang uh, with Thomasville 37 to eight. So a uh, little bit shocking there in class five, a for us at the Tur Ferguson report, no real shockers here. Uh, the regular cast of characters roles, uh, that classification, our top 10, at least gets started in earnest uh, this week of note, uh, Kel, Played in one, maybe one of the best games over the weekend in the Corky Kell Classic. Uh, Tucker outlast Kell 28-27, but man, what a game. If you weren't able to, to see it, check out 11alive.com uh, to see if you can find that replay. What a great game. In Class 6A, um, 
nobody expected this result but Valdosta getting rocked by Lowndes County 45 to nothing in the Wintersville Classic. I say nobody, say for the folks over at Lowndes County may have been expecting that result, but uh, certainly a shocker in that Wintersville Classic this year. And last but not least, a handful of things that I learned uh, in 7A. First of all, forgive me, Gwinnett County, uh, as I had neglected to include teams like Mill Creek and Archer and obviously uh, had uh, Parkview and, and Central Gwinnett Uh, Teams that were certainly underrated in our top 10. Uh, We take a look. Mill Creek down in McEachern, uh, 24-19. Archer in a battle over intra-county rival Brookwood, defeating the Broncos 25-17. And Parkview all over Peachtree Ridge, 50-13. So certainly some things that I learned over the weekend uh, watching these great slate of events. We at the Turd Ferguson Reporter are working feverishly to get out some pregame previews for you and have a host of games that we want to cover, uh, including but not limited to Harrison traveling to Rome in a big matchup of, of top 10 powers in Class 6A and in Class 5A. Also have Bainbridge traveling to Lee County, uh, Cedar Grove with another, another tough task uh, taking on Southwest DeKalb, a rivalry game, Dalton at Calhoun, another rivalry game, Thomasville at Tom, Thomas County Central, excuse me, and uh, not to be neglected, another battle uh, in Class 1A, Mount Perrin, traveling to Fellowship Christian. So we mentioned those games along with a few others that we will preview coming up this week. So stay tuned for that to be released on the blog, and you can follow us at georgiahighschoolfootball.wordpress.com on the blog or at Turd Ferguson RPT. That's T U R D F U R G E S O N R P T on Twitter. Here are our updated top 10 reports for Class A Private at number 10, previously unranked Stratford Academy. At number 9, the Fellowship Christian Paladins. Athens Christian checks in at number 8. Darlington at number 7. Mount Perrin Christian moves up one spot at number six. Calvary Day at five. Wesleyan stays at four. Tattnall Square at three. Prince Avenue number two. And Eagles Landing Christian Academy number one. Moving on to Class 1A Public. Not a whole lot of movement here. As a matter of fact, our rankings in light of Pelham's loss at number 10, we still have them at number 10. No movement. Number nine, Lincoln County. Number eight, Turner County. Number seven, Macon County. Number six, Commerce. Number five, Taylor County. Checking in at number four, the Blue Devils of Manchester. Number three, the Buccaneers of McIntosh Academy. Clinch County comes in at number two, and the Bulldogs of Emanuel County Institute are our number one team in Class 1A public. Let's move along to Class 2A. Starting at the bottom, we have Rockmart, who lost in a Polk County rivalry game to Cedartown. Rockmart checking in at number 10. At number nine, Jefferson County moves moves up one spot. Chattatooga, excuse me, moves up one spot from nine to eight. Rayburn County stays put at number seven. Screven County, with a big win over Bluffton, South Carolina last night, uh, Saturday night, excuse me, checks in at number six. The Pepperell Dragons are the number five team in Class 2A. Callaway Chargers are number four. The Fitzgerald Purple Hurricanes, and possibly one of the best matchups in Class 2A in the regular season, they fall one spot in our poll to number three. 
Checking in at number two, the defending state champions, the Benedictine Cadets. And at number one, the Hapeville Hornets. Class 3A, previously unranked Pace Academy, checks in at number 10. Westminster, after losing a big game to Blessed Trinity, falls from number six to number nine. Previously unranked and defending state champion Cedar Grove is our number 18 this week. Jenkins moves up two spots, number seven. Pierce County at number six. Number five, Liberty County. The Yellow Jackets of Calhoun stay put at number four. Peach County at number three. Crisp County Cougars come in at number two. And staying put at number one, Greater Atlanta Christian. Let's move along to Class 4A. Starting at the bottom, coming in at number 10 uh, in a thrilling overtime, double overtime loss, Carver Columbus comes in at number 10. At number 9, the Mary Persons Bulldogs, they, they slip one spot. Checking in at number 8, Sandy, Sandy Creek Patriots, excuse me, checking in at number 8. Moving up three spots from number 10, the Ridgeland Panthers, Ridgeland checking in at number 7. At number 6, Spalding, the Blessed Trinity Titans stay put at number 5. Northwest Whitfield checks in at number four. Jefferson at number three. Thompson comes in at number two, and the Purple Purple Hurricanes of Cartersville remain number one. And they will have a big matchup looming come this week with Bartram Trail, a highly rated team out of Jacksonville, Florida. And they come in here with uh, Auburn committed quarterback Joey Gatewood. So big matchup on Saturday night for Cartersville in a border war uh, matchup, in a border war matchup. Moving on to class 5A, the Kell Longhorns with a heartbreaking loss come in at number 10. Thomas County Central at number 9. At number 8, Bainbridge. At number 7, Stars Mill. Carver Atlanta checks in at number 6. The Carrollton Trojans, number 5. Stockbridge, number 4. The Ware County Gators come in at number 3. The Wolves of Beaufort check in at number two, and your number one team and defending state champion, the Rome Wolves. Rome with a big matchup against 6A Harrison coming up this week. Moving on to Class 6A, no teams fall out of Class 6A Top 10. Uh, at the bottom, we have the, the Decula Falcons. At number nine, the Mays Raiders. Heritage Conyers Patriots check in at number eight. The Lee County Trojans check in at number seven. At number six, the Dalton Catamounts. Falling four spots from number one to number five, the Valdosta Wildcats. Coming in at number four, the Coffee County Trojans. Alexander checks in at number three. The Harrison Hoyers are your number two team, and number one with a thrilling win over number five, a number 10 kill, are your Tucker Tigers out of Tucker, Georgia. And last but not least, the Class 7A Top 10. And folks, we had a lot of movement and this classification, as there were a lot of upsets, and my my prediction for this class is we'll see a lot of movement. And this is certainly uh, one of the most difficult classifications to predict outcomes as week in and week out, such big matchups. But let's get right to the top 10. Checking in at number 10, previously unranked the South Forsyth War Eagles, who outlasted Roswell in overtime 17-14. Coming in at number nine, our previous number three team, the McEachern Indians. Coming in at number eight, our another previously unranked team, the Central Gwinnett Knights. Archer checks in at number seven. Mill Creek checks in at number six. Westlake 
moving five, moving up five spots from number 10 to number five. The Parkview Panthers move up from number nine to number four. The Packers of Colquitt County are your number three team. The Vikings of Lowndes County check in at number two and number one and the defending state title winners of Class 7A from last season, the Grayson Rams. So there you have it, folks. The Turd Ferguson Report Top 10 in each classification from Class A Private to 7A. Now, we want to move on from all state coverage to our Cherokee County portion of the show, and we are delighted at this point to have some guests with us, my good friends Mick and Vern from the Mick and Vern Cedarwood Tavern, Cherokee County pre and post game show. Guys, did I get that all right? That was a long one. Yeah, right, you did Art. good with it. Yeah, you <laughs> did good. No, thanks for having us. Uh, a blast. You know, you know, we love talking Cherokee County football. So any opportunity we get, uh, have at it. Awesome. Well. Um, this is a first for the Turf Ferguson Report going with a, a call in, and obviously it won't be live because it's podcast, but um, we're delighted that you guys are the first. Uh, a couple of guys, and, and I think I have mentioned uh, you guys on Twitter, but just for our uh, folks who haven't heard, Mick and Vern do a pre- and post-game show every Friday night, and uh, and ultimately I think their goal was to raise a level of awareness in Cherokee County. Guys, is that is that really what the show is all about? Oh, uh, that's exactly right. You know, going out, having some having some fun with it, and uh, you know, getting the the kids, the players, to buy into it, and also, you know, it's also for parents of the kids to buy into it. Awesome, awesome, uh, uh, Vern. Anything else you want to add to that? To, to what you guys are doing in the county for for football and and for the community? Yeah, I think it was you know uh, about a year ago. You know, where we were one week into the season and. You know, sitting around Cedarwood, and you know, the idea came up, and you know, the Atlanta stations—they've got a lot to cover, right? You know, Metro Atlanta, yeah, a ton mm-hmm. of teams, a ton of great teams. So you, you know, you may see a little nugget every now and then on Fox Five or you know, Channel Two, but not enough. And you know, that's where we just said, hey, we don't know how good we'll be at it. We don't know how this will go, but at least it'll be positive attention for the kids, the coaches, the the, the schools of Cherokee County, and. We just kind of ran with it, with and like Mickey said, with that just that core philosophy of, you know, providing attention and, and uh, coverage to Cherokee County, and that's what we did. Awesome. Well, you guys obviously something worked because you're back for season two. Um, and speaking of season two, high school kicks off uh, in earnest. Kicked off in earnest this uh, past weekend, uh, August 18th, with a, a slate of five out of the six county teams uh, on the line. What did you guys see? Now, now I know you were at at uh, Sequoia and North Forsyth, but just kind of the reports you all got around the county. Can you run through uh, things that shocked you, things that didn't shock you, and 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 ultimately maybe ending up uh, with Sequoia at the game you were at in a, a I guess a thriller um and i will be honest i had uh made plans back in may to be at a braves game on august 18th and was not checking my schedule so while i was at SunTrust park uh you know on on twitter trying to avoid the dirty looks from my wife i i, I was following you guys religiously so uh, c- can you give our our listeners uh just a kind of a snippet of what went on uh in in the county you know for you talking about the, the shocker the biggest shocker I saw it for me, and, and maybe Vern will agree with us. You know, we know North Cobb is a strong team, and, and we really thought that Cherokee Warriors were going to going to come in and, and stand their own and, you know, see what they got. They had a, a couple new pieces, particularly uh, at quarterback. But uh, seeing that 
that final score, 44 to six, North Cobb over Cherokee Warriors was, you know, huge shocker for me. Mm-hmm. And what yeah, about- yeah, no, you and you nailed it, Nick. I think I think you know we knew we knew going in Cherokee probably wasn't going to light up the scoreboard. Uh, you know, you had a new quarterback coming in. Hampton Humphreys was banged up. You had a sophomore coming into that atmosphere and, and against a team like North Cobb. You know, so I don't think we thought it was going to be a track meet, but I think with the defense returning and, and what they've got and the pieces Josh Shaw has over there on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the hope was, you know, it can be a low-scoring game and they can uh, that defense can hold North Cobb in check. But uh, it kind of got uh, out of hand early, and, and I know uh, they'll, they'll go back to the drawing board and they'll keep getting better and better. But, you know, that's a tough one early on. I think – and the other one for me, you know, and Nick and I talked about it Friday night, was just uh, Woodstock going over to West Forsyth. Um, yeah. You know, and Alex Resnick put it in the, the Tribune, too, on on uh, his in the preview of, you know, I don't know. I don't, and Mickey and I said the same thing. I don't know if anybody can really stop Woodstock. I just, their offense is, you know, so many returning. It's so prolific. Um, we did get to go back and forth with uh, Coach Buddy on Friday night. And it's just, you know, they – they can drive the ball, but Woodstock depends on a lot of, you know, big hitters, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe an out to, to Lewis or a, a screen to Lewis that goes the distance or a bomb to, to Noah Frith. And, uh, you know, they were just missing those, the, the big plays that they usually hit, you know, they were just barely missing. And, and then when that happens, you know, you get 14 points put up instead of maybe, you know, 35 or 28. So uh, that one uh, was a little bit of a shock because I did have Woodstock going over there and, uh, winning in a uh, in a shootout okay so a couple of uh, teams playoff teams last season that uh that that um came came back to the locker room with a loss uh how about uh the other 7a team in the county etowah uh 23 nothing win over campbell any shocker there you know you looking at it for us and we thought it was going to be a chance for them to to go out and, and prove themselves and kind of pump themselves up a little bit with uh campbell having a little you know, we know they have some athletes, but struggled a little bit last year and, and a, a few years in the past. So we're thinking, you know, there were some key pieces that uh, the Etowah lost, you know, including Tyre DeVezin. And uh, I think Etowah's just one of those teams that are going to come out and they're going to hit you in the mouth. And and if you're looking at, at Coach Savela, if they're only going to score 10, 13 points a game. I think he's happy with that. I think that defense is going to be shut down, and at least that's the way it appears early in the season. I don't think they have a lot of huge offensive weapons, but they're they're going to hit you and they're going to shut you down. All right. Yeah, they're yeah. Mickey nailed it. Just from a from a physicality, you know. I think you know you got Woodstock going back to Wing T. You got uh, uh, I mean uh, Sequoia going back to Wing T. You got Woodstock, you know, in a spread, just letting it air out, and I think. You know, from Etowah, it's just this consistency of power football. They're going to hit you in the mouth. They've always got a great offensive uh, and defensive line. They got a great defense this year, we already know. And then Friday night, uh, you know, they didn't have a scrimmage on the 11th. So, really, the first true true picture was Friday night. Then uh, Nick Maddox, a running back, really stepped up for them and, and gave them that, you know, I don't know if it's a Ty Ray boost from the backfield, but he, he gave them something. And that's what they were looking for, who can step into these shoes, that these uh, – Massive shoes to fill, and then Sean Hopper, a, a new kicker, kicking in his first game. I think we uh, hit three field goals. So, you know, if you're gonna have that low-scoring power defensive uh, type of football games all year, you know, you depend on a good kicker at many points in the season. So, I think for uh, Coach Svella, 
to see Hopper step in there and uh, knock down some field goals is probably a, a great thing for him. Good deal. You mentioned Nick Maddox, 10 carries for 93 yards for the Eagles of Etowah. Um, he'll need a, a little bit more of that, and we'll talk about that coming up when, as the Eagles face North Cobb coming up. Uh, maybe the best performance in the county, guys, uh, for a, a, a single player, single uh, statistic, Gino Portera out of River Ridge with four, accounting for four touchdowns in their victory over uh, Woodland of Cartersville. Guys, what's, what's your take on River Ridge this season? You know, we said it going in. They they took a lump. They took a lump on against Woodstock in the scrimmage. That was that was tough. You know, on the eleventh, Woodstock comes over there, and it's just uh, you know, it's hard. You know, they played they played hard. They competed, but you know, Woodstock again, it, it's just hard to slow them down. So that was a tough scrimmage for them. And Mickey and I said it during the pregame show. Um, can they kind of dust themselves off? You know, get a little confidence because they had that swagger going into the into the scrimmage, and, and that gets taken away a little bit. Can they dust themselves off? Go to Woodland, who they 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 outmatch, and, and they're stronger and they're more physical and, and just a better football team. Mm-hmm. But again, you just came off that scrimmage. Can you go out there and get your head right, get your confidence back? And you know everything for them. You know it starts with Gino. I mean, you know uh, he's put on a lot of weight since last year. He's added speed since last year. His arms stronger, um, and he's gonna. You know Gino has great games. Uh, they're in it, and and they can they can beat a lot of teams, but. They did that, and Gino took care of business. I think he had three uh, really early touchdowns, and then uh, they, they kind of cruised to that victory. So it was great for Tyler, you know, again, just to get that, that confidence boost uh, after the scrimmage against Woodstock. Good deal. So, uh, go ahead, Mickey. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, River Ridge just doesn't have, you know, a lot of numbers. You know, they're, they're low, you know, as far as how many kids they've got coming out, and you know, when Gino's one of those kids, man, his confidence is just through the roof. He he knows what he has to do, and if if he's not getting the ball over to to Herring, you know, more than likely he's going to run the ball. You know, that's where his trust is, and that's where his confidence is. And it, you know, speaking to him a little bit in spring, and being able to speak to him a little bit earlier in the summer, you know, that kid he's he's very confident, and you've got to have that out of your quarterback. Absolutely, no doubt. Uh, Ultimately, a, a leadership position for all teams. Uh, that quarterback, and you got to, and, and it may be a quiet confidence or or, or boisterous confidence, boisterous confidence, but nonetheless, um, that that offense certainly needs a leader in the huddle, and, and none better than a guy at quarterback. So, uh, looking forward to great things out of Geno uh, Portera and that River Ridge offense. Uh, last but not least, games from last week. You guys came live from. Uh, from Skip Pope Stadium in Hickory Flat. Uh, for those who don't know, Skip Pope, that's the home of the Sequoia Chiefs. Uh, North Forsyth Raiders coming in after putting a big number on Sequoia last season. What what was the difference this season, guys? Well, a, a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I, I spoke about Geno's confidence. You could really feel a little bit more confidence out of all the players. You know, a little bit. I don't know if it, swagger was the, the right word or not, but definitely a little bit more confidence coming out with the certain players. Uh, the the atmosphere was great having CYFA out there and having on the student section was just on point. And, you know, we've got – you've seen some of those kids out there. We've got some really key offensive weapons on this team, and it's just putting it together. Everybody feels better about going back to that wing T formation that Coach Peters just – so much more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mickey nailed it. I mean, uh, the positive atmosphere, the student sections, as good as I've seen them 
in many, many years, and, and you need that. And we talked about it on the postgame show that night. You know, those two-point games, those those tight games that are back and forth, and you need a little little push here, a little momentum there. Um, you know, you need that crowd. You need that home crowd that, you know, used to be the social setting for uh, Hickory Flat. And now, you know, they were a little more into it. Students were more into it. The band did a great job and uh, overall great atmosphere. The other thing I'll say is, you know, from the standpoint of uh, Sequoia, previous Sequoia teams, you know, they made two or three big mistakes on um, Friday that in years past, you know, this, this mistake, two mistakes, three, you know, kind of snowballed, and all of a sudden, instead of coming out with a win, they're, they're coming out with a, a loss, even though they may have outplayed their opponent. I think on Friday they had, you know, they had the, the, the uh, block putt, gave it to uh, North Forsyth on about the three. North Forsyth, uh, North Forsyth sticks it in, and then we, uh, we score. Tamar Gale scores to, uh, to give us a good chance of uh, tying it up at 28, and we have the extra uh, – uh, we have a motion penalty first. Uh, they back it up, and then we have the extra point block. So mm-hmm. now it's 28-27. Uh, obviously setting the stage for a late uh, 20-some-yard field goal from Potter that, uh, that won it for them and the defense stepped back up. But, no, you know, I, I think also in years past, you know, we kind of some of those kids kind of talked it, but they weren't willing to walk it. And I think Friday night they kind of talked it and then backed it up with some, some play. Defense had a couple miscues here and there, but overall I thought the defense played well. The, the key piece we said, both Mickey and I both said on the postgame, though, you know, how are we running the ball? How many yards is Sequoia getting on first and second down mm-hmm. to set up, you know, uh, doable third downs, either passing or running? But, you know, again, Friday, I think we saw that, you know, just too many third and eight, third and nines for a wing T offense. So I think if they can if they could take care of that, mm-hmm. this team's uh, got something good brewing because they've got a lot of leadership out there. No, we all want to see, you know, Cameron Gales, you know, going back to, you know, 200, 150 yards, but, him starting off with this game number one, you know, getting in uh, 80, 85 yards, I believe is what he had. You know, that's that's a huge boost right there for this team because we're all anticipating, you know, Cameron Gales really running this offense, and Luke Jensen was right on point too. So, you know, that that little combination right there looked great, in my opinion, for their first game. Mickey, yep, you, you took, took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to mention how great it is to see Cameron Gales in the backfield. Uh, 18 carries, like you said, 80-plus yards uh, on the night for Cameron Gales, breaking off a touchdown. Luke Jensen also breaking off a touchdown run, if I'm not mistaken. So got a nice one-two punch for Sequoia in the backfield. One more player I want to mention, uh, I believe he had a pick six and, and made a, 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 some extra points and a big field goal. Wesley Potter, a guy who played quarterback, started at quarterback last season for Sequoia, moved uh, to wide receiver and defensive back. Um, unselfishness of that kid. What do you guys? What, what do you guys make of that? A, a senior uh, quarterback uh, able to swallow pride and, and be a team first guy. What? 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 What does the community have to say? The Sequoia community have to say about a kid like Wesley Potter? Well, you know, and to me, and we, we spoke about this Friday night as well. Maybe maybe just in in social setting more than on air, but um, something that's not in the paper and you don't really read about. Uh, Mickey, I think uh, three or four touchbacks on on kickoffs, which at the high school level, that's a huge deal. And you know, you're you're taking you're minimizing a weapon another team might have, um, and putting them you know in a starting position, you know, well inside the 30, 40, you know, that a, a decent return could get you. So, you know, I think uh, the the field goals, uh, his play on defense, you know, I think they'll they'll find him a little bit more in in the offensive side, throwing out of uh, the wing tee. 
And, but, but to me, one of the bigger things was just his, uh, his kickoffs were tremendous all night. And that's, that's just a big part of high school football. He was just stellar. You know, that was, he, he got my player of the game for Sequoia. Wesley meant a lot to that team on Friday night. Well, there you have it. And, and, and uh, for a recap of last week, and I know we went a little long on Sequoia, uh, just just for disclaimer, uh, we, we, we certainly do have, uh, between the three of us, have uh, a, a history in the community for Sequoia. So we, we don't we don't want to come off as quote-unquote homers, but uh, I did want to recap. That was a big win for Sequoia. Um, after losing some some key seniors uh, off last year's squad, uh, not unlike any other team, but they, this is a team that hadn't won an opening game in what five tries. So, so good for the Chiefs. Um, let's look ahead. Uh, we'll start with uh, games you guys are looking for, and we've got five county teams in action: uh, Creekview versus Cambridge in the Battle of the Bears, uh, Etowah versus North Cobb, Cherokee travels to Sequoia and Appalachia travels travels to River Ridge guys uh, anything kind of show up on your radar and I, I don't want you to give away your show secrets because I know you've got a show to prep for on uh, Friday night but anything you can give our listening audience kind of a, a teaser uh, either for your show or for one of these games that would make them want to get out and get there in Cherokee County yeah no I think obviously obviously you got the the, the county battle county rivalry with Cherokee coming over to Sequoia um, Sequoia, a chance, uh, realistic chance to go start two and zero on a on a young season, but you know two and zero is a big deal compared to being zero and two last year. So you know you got that one, and then you know can Cherokee continue growing, find some rhythm on offense? You know I think Coach Shaw is kind of like let's just get first downs and see what happens from there. He's probably going to need his defense uh, Friday night to you know, possibly score a touchdown, possibly put them in in great field position, a short field. Uh, but that, is, you know, we know there will be a great crowd there. Sequoia now want to know, like, a couple more fans start coming out. And I think it's great for the community. That one, and then for me, I think the other one is just, um, you know, now North Cobb, you saw that score, uh, and now you get a like game uh, with North Cobb at Etowah. So, you know, what's that look like? And I think when you start seeing like scores or, or uh, scores against common opponents, you can kind of start seeing how things are going to play out. So it'll be interesting to see what Etowah uh, is able to do against North Cobb after uh, you know North Cobb takes care of Cherokee forty-four to six. So I think that's two things I'll be uh, watching closely. And no, no question on that. That's uh, that's one I've got circled definitely. Is that uh, that ball game there? That Etowah North Cobb is you know I'm I'm pumping up that Etowah defense and North Cobb comes in with just tons of weapons. Is that defense as as good as as we say it is? Are they going to be able to control? the tempo of the game and keep North Cobb at bay. Uh, and also, you're looking at, hey, you know, River Ridge hosting uh, Appalachie. Hey, can can the Knights run this thing? You know, is, is Dino Portero going to be able to do it? That's, that's one I'm looking at. And, you know, they, they've been working on it since spring and, and going in through summer. They're, they're all about momentum and, and keeping that momentum going for, for the Knights. Good yeah, game. realistic chance, Mickey, there to go to go two and zero Friday night, and again get that good momentum out of the gate, um, which would be great. And you know, the other caveat too is Woodstock. You know, on a bye week, you know, coming off a tough game, they I think they really thought they would uh, represent better over there at West Forsyth. Now you got a week, you know, you got a bye week, so you got two weeks to prepare for Sequoia coming to you um, there on uh, I think September first. So 
um, you know, what, what's Buddy do over those two weeks to make sure, hey, this, this offense, we don't have any more 14-point showings. Uh, we're lighting up scoreboards. Yeah, and uh, uh, Woodstock, uh, obviously with with the bye week, one thing we, we, we did not mention, and I, I feel remiss if I did not mention the Creekview Grizzlies with a, a non region matchup with Cambridge. Uh, just just so you guys know, the, the series history, Creekview leads five games to nothing. Uh, both teams uh, dealing with some graduation departures. What what Will we see a lot of Cade Radham, a lot of Chandler Gant uh, from Creekview? What, what does that look like? Yeah, they're trying to be, you know, a little bit more balanced and, and uh, throw into uh, multiple receivers. And, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, we know the final score was, what, 40-24 Friday. It, it was still a scrimmage setting. So I know the first half was fairly close. Um, and then Creekview opened it up uh, in the second half. So I don't know. Uh, I haven't gotten the full picture of, you know, were they playing JVs there some in the second half, how much did the, uh, did the varsity play there. But, you know, I, you know, I don't know if I would necessarily compare Creekview to Etowah, but, you know, there's not a lot going to change year to year with Creekview under Terry Crowder. You're going to have, you know, kids, smart kids that are playing uh, hard um, where they're supposed to be. Um, you're not going to have you know, too many off the chart athletes, but you know it's just kids that are going to they're going to hit you in the mouth. Uh, Chandler Gant, obviously, you know one of the um, more well known quarterbacks athletes in the county, just a big kid. They're, they don't want to run him as much this year, but you know Mickey and I talked about it previously. Of you know if something's not hitting, you know Radham's getting bottled up or the pass just isn't there. Um, you're going to see you'll see Chandler Gant uh, using his legs at some point this season. Hey, uh, speaking of Creekview, one, the best student section in the county, or or, or do they see to uh, to uh, one of the seven uh, eight teams? Neck and neck with uh, Woodstock. But I tell you, the the, the Grizzlies home fans certainly um, certainly do make uh, things at the Grizzly Den uninviting uh, on an unwelcoming for guests. So uh, there you've got it. Four four games this week, uh, all in county. Uh, Creekview hosting Cambridge, Etowah hosting North Cobb, Sequoia hosting Cherokee, and River Ridge hosting Appalachie. Now, uh, guys, I know I, I, I think on the onset I said it was to be a 10-minute call, and, and, and we're bumping up against 22, so you made time go fi- by fast. But um, uh, you guys do a segment called Minute with Mick, um, and, I, and, and we don't have any sponsors here on the Turf Ferguson Report, but for folks that are traveling in that might pick our podcast up, traveling in from North Cobb, traveling in from Appalachia, man, best place to get a bite to eat uh, in, the, in the Cherokee County area, maybe the Woodstock, one for Woodstock, one for Canton, best place to get a bite to eat, guys. Ooh, for me, man, if you're, if you're coming to the flat, if you're coming to Sequoia, man, you, you have got to go by Old Country Place. And uh, if you if you're a barbecue person, that's uh, that's me. Good stuff, and get that brisket sandwich. Wow. Very yeah, I agree there without a doubt. Um, hit up Johnny's Pizza in the in the flat. Hit up Old Country Place, brand new barbecue. We, you know we've frequented there a couple Friday nights and saw some fans of the show, which is always fun. But uh, if you're going on a Friday night. Sequoia's at home, maybe Creepy's at home. Get there early because that place will be packed. And then, you know, Town Lake, so many options. You know, you're going to be able to drive up and down. You know, uh, lo- you know, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Tony Pace, you know, got to love Longhorn Steakhouse. If you got time to sit down and uh, have a little bite and uh, not be in a rush, uh, Tony Pace at uh, Longhorn Steakhouse in Town Lake will take care of you 100%. I do. I, I- no, 
I can vouch for that. I uh, actually had uh, my wife's birthday dinner a couple years ago at that Longhorn in, in Town Lake. So always good service out there. And echo the sentiments with the Old Country Place if you're in the Hickory Flat area. And Old Country Place, if you're listening and you want to be a sponsor of the show, uh, we're not too proud to beg. Uh, before I let you guys, <laughs> before I let you guys go, we gotta gotta let our listeners know how they can hook up and, and interact with Mick and Vern on the Cedarwood Tavern show. And I'm not, I, I know that the Cedarwood Tavern location is a secret uh, location and 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 members only, and you have to know the the code and the knock and the combination. But for our folks who want to follow you on social media, where can we find you uh, and when can we find you? Man, at Cedarwood Tavern, everything. You want to follow on Instagram or uh, Snapchat or uh, uh, Twitter, uh, at Cedarwood Tavern, pretty much everything. If you want to email us, at Cedarwood Tavern or uh, Cedarwood Tavern at gmail.com. And then, you know, we pushed for this on Friday night and really didn't get a lot of interaction art. But uh, we want more interaction through Twitter, uh, direct message, uh, questions, topics, player profiles, anything you want to see us talk about, us have on the show, uh, questions about football in Cherokee County. uh, Interact with us on Twitter because we we did pick up – we we were in the same boat you were last last year, uh, Art. No no sponsors, kind of handling everything. Not a lot of giveaways, but uh, we joined forces with Papa John's Pizza this year. So – We've got a ton of Papa John's uh, giveaways. So the more we can interact with our fans, um, the better. And then, like you said earlier, 6.30 Friday night, 11 p.m., 6.30 pregame show, 11 p.m. postgame show from the Tavern. Um, and we have a blast doing it. And, you know, we're just uh, getting back in rhythm. You know, every time Mickey and I stand and sit in front of the camera and talk Cherokee County football, uh, it's just a blast. So uh, we love it. Watch us. Viewers are uh, – you know, uh, the more viewers, the better, and uh, we'll keep doing it. Excellent. And, and you will you guys be broadcasting live this week from Sequoia? Sequoia this week. That's right. Okay, yeah. so so we will have a live Skip Pope, Skip Pope Stadium, a live broadcast for Cedarwood Town. If you can't make it to Skip Pope, and I'm going to give this guy a plug also. Uh, I, I know you guys are good friends with Steve Majors, who does an excellent job uh, for the Cherokee County Warriors doing play-by-play. Um, so, so here's the deal. If you guys can't make it out to Skip Pope, tune in to at Cedarwood Tavern on Twitter. And then when you're done with that, go on to Steve Majors Sports.com, if I'm not mistaken, Mick and Vern. Uh, go, yeah, I think doc, yeah, Steve Majors Sports.com slash live. And, uh, Steve Majors and you can pick up that game on live. Steve does a great job covering every bit of, uh, Cherokee sports from softball to basketball to football to baseball, and I probably missed something. Um, but just does an absolutely excellent job with the play-by-play uh, for the Cherokee Warriors. Mick and Vern, man, um, man, I've spent my entire Cherokee segment for three weeks with you guys today. I am so glad that you guys uh, were one our first, but uh, not just first on the show, but one of the first supporters of this idea, the Turf Ferguson Report. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to to pick your brain today, and uh, you guys are always more than more than welcome. Anytime you uh, you need a spot at the table on the Turk Ferguson Report, and you know we'll uh, we appreciate the invite when we saw that come across. We love talking Cherokee County football, and um, and in future Mick and Vern hashtag Mick and Vern Cedarwood Tavern shows, we will be having uh, Art Mosley as he did last year stick, uh, sitting in. You know, Mick and Vern every now and then have to take some PTO 
on Fridays, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, when we do, uh, when we do that, uh, that chair, that open spot goes to Art Mosley. So uh, we always look forward to uh, having you sit down with us too, Art. Well, excellent. No is, question. It wouldn't have anybody else but Art. It, it is my pleasure, my honor and my pleasure to sit in because as, as you all know, and I think hopefully all our listeners know, all between Cedarwood Tavern, Turd Ferguson Report, and, and even you know with the the paid media, Cherokee Tribune, our our goal is to bring awareness to Cherokee County football. Uh, obviously, Turd Ferguson going a little little further, um, trying to cover the state yard by yard, but got to cover our backyard uh, first and foremost. So thank you guys uh, for the support and the partnership and the opportunities uh, that that you've given Turd Ferguson Report. Anytime, anytime. We love it. More coverage, the, the better. Awesome stuff. Excellent. Well, guys, thank guys, you. Thanks, th- Art, man. We love what you do. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. You have been listening to Mick and Vern of Cedarwood Tavern, Cherokee County, pre- and post-game report on the Tur Ferguson Report. Once again, we'd like to thank our special guests, Mick and Vern, from the Cedarwood Tavern pre- and post-game show, that's going to do it for this episode of the Turd Ferguson Report. Once again, you can find us online at georgiahighschoolfootball.wordpress.com and also on Twitter at Turd Ferguson, R-P-T. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. Thanks a lot for joining us. We look forward to speaking with you next week. Have a great week, everybody. 